This episode of the Bamboo Pastors Podcast has been brought to you by the Growth Center for Church and Mission. The Growth Center has established the Entrepreneurial Ministry Leader, a ministry ecosystem which brings together pastors, ministry leaders, and marketplace leaders who are finding creative ways to utilize their faith and their talents to bring the gospel to the cities and communities they live in. Check them out at thegrowthcenter.com. Welcome to the Bamboo Pastors Podcast, a podcast that explores the joys and challenges of being an English-speaking pastor in a Chinese church. I'm Jalen Chan, and I'm here with my co-host, John Mon. Hey, everyone. Together, we host the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. We're glad that you're here with us. Come on in and have a seat at the table. All right. Welcome back to the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. Listeners, we're so glad that you're hanging out with us and uh, jumping on to to check out the conversations that we're having about ministry in the Chinese Heritage Church. I'm here with uh, my co-host Jalen, and so Jalen, uh, it's good to see you again. How have you been? What have you been up to this week? Yeah, you know, John, this week is really busy for for me and for our our ministry. So actually, this weekend we're celebrating our 50th anniversary as a church, and so we've got a special service on Saturday. Uh, we've got a few former pastors who are coming into town or who are joining us on Zoom, sharing a little bit about their experience and what they've uh, enjoyed about our church. And really, we're, we're obviously celebrating the Lord and celebrating just really his faithfulness to our church. And, you know, I'm excited about just hearing some stories from, you know, the past that I've not heard before. Uh, we've got a handbook out where different people have contributed articles and different thoughts and uh, I, I got a sneak peek of that. And so it's just been fun kind of flipping through that. So I'm really excited about that for Saturday. And then on Sunday, uh, I'll be preaching, of course. And then after that, we're going to rush off to uh, officiate. I'm going to officiate a wedding after that. And so kind of a busy weekend, um, you know, really exciting stuff, things that I'm really looking forward to for ministry, but obviously a lot of work that goes into it. So um, pretty exhausting, but again, looking forward to uh, a really strong and healthy weekend. So how about you? How are, how are things going for you? Well, first of all, before I say what I've been up to, um, I, it just, that's very exciting that your church is celebrating 50 years of God's faithfulness. And so um, that's awesome. I know that Chinese churches, one of the things we do really well is celebration, um, especially when it comes to food at that celebration. So I'm curious what kind of exciting food things you're going to have. Are you going to have like a roast pig or something like that? That would have been perfect. We have done roast pig for other events and celebrations in the past, but because of COVID, because of the pandemic, we're not doing any food. So we've diverted those resources to getting some gifts that we're handing out to the congregation, which, you know, are, that, that's good. But food is also sort of the, like, like you're saying, that's what we look forward to, right? When we do these celebrations. So missing out on that, but hopefully, hopefully soon we'll do that. That's right. This pandemic has taken so much from us, including our roast pig. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, um, it's it's been a, a good week. Um, something, I guess, not ministry related, but something exciting is I was at Costco the other day and they had a sale for an air fryer. And it's actually something I've been thinking about getting for a little while now. And so since um, this seemed to be a highly rated one and it was uh, not too expensive, I, I picked up an air fryer. So I just used it like right before this call. Um, for the very first time um, and used it to air fry some uh, some bibigo mandu and so it was actually quite delicious i think i learned a little bit about how to use it and um, maybe what steps to 
to take to really perfect um, cooking with it. But I'm excited to try all sorts of random things. And speaking of roast pig, that was one of the things that sold me on getting one was a friend uh, from my church told me that you can make, you know, you can make roast pig stew in your air fryer. And so wow. that that's the goal is to to do that. That's that sounds great. Actually, the the bibigo mandu is the that's how we cook our mandu now. Like that's mm. that is the perfect way to do it. Uh, you know, when we fry it in the pan, it just causes a mess. Oil goes everywhere, and you got to sit there and flip them and that sort of thing. But the air fryer is perfect for it. So, yeah, you're on the right track. Awesome. Well, we could talk more about food and recipes with our guest today because our very special guest, and I will say that this guest even before our conversation with this guest will be my favorite guests that we've had on and into the future will be my favorite guest that we've ever had on. Um, that's because our guest is my wife, Jenny Chan. She is the coordinator of health services at Christian Heritage Academy. Uh, that basically means that she's the school nurse there, uh, but she's also the pastor's wife at Chinese Christian Fellowship Church where I serve. And so I'm really excited to have my wife, Jenny, join us on the podcast today. So love, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Hey, Jenny, it's great to have you on the podcast. Actually, I feel like this has been a long time coming. Uh, we've talked, we talked about this for a while, um, having you come on and we're just looking for the right time. And so before I get into the questions, I just want to say thank you for releasing Jalen to record this podcast with, with me every Thursday night. It's been great uh, for our friendship. It's been great. Um, just for our ministry and so we appreciate you holding down the fort while he you know um, takes about an hour every thursday to hang out with me so thank you for that um you know we always like to ask our guests to just briefly share with us their ministry journey and their calling with us like how did the lord lead you into the place that you're serving at which is uh, both at your church but also at this school i guess in terms of ministry like framing it as being a pastor's wife i had never particularly felt called to be a pastor's wife. I know some women might have that calling, but you know how some kids um, at the beginning of every school year, they hold up a sign saying like what grade they go into and what their favorite color is and their hobby and what they want to be when I grow up. My signs never said pastor's wife under what I want to be when I grow up. So maybe Olympic gymnast or ballerina, but definitely not pastor's wife. Um, so that wasn't on my radar and it definitely was not something I aspired to be. Um, I, I distinctly remembered, uh, Jalen, uh, when Jalen and I were dating, um, he had a really big burden for church planting. And, um, at one point he asked me, will you plant a church with me? Do you remember this? Mm, maybe. <laughs> so, um, when he asked me that question, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What does that even mean? Is this, is this how pastors propose? Are you going to give me a Bible instead of a ring? I, or do you just really need somebody to run the children's ministry or the ladies ministry? And I'm like in the friend zone. So I was really confused, but all I said to him was, we'll see what God wants. Cause that was like my, you know, I don't know what to say to you. So just passing it off to the Lord. Um, so um, we were about, we were friends for two years before we started dating and he was clearly on a path to be a pastor. But even in those five years that we dated, I still didn't feel a call to be a pastor's wife. Um, it was more of a call to be Jalen's wife and he happened to be a pastor. So with other ministry things that um, were going on, 
um, I definitely have a heart for like hospitality and um, having people over as you, John, you have been over many times. Um, that's something I love doing and it kind of hasn't been exercised as much or in different ways, I guess, during the pandemic. Also, I help out um, with our justice, compassion and justice committee at church. So being in a suburban church, it's very easy to isolate yourself and kind of turn a blind eye to different types of suffering in the world. So we kind of raise awareness and um, bring that up to people so that they're aware of other things going on and that um, we give them opportunities to be the hands and feet of Christ to them. Um, in turn, like professionally, um, we've been, our kids have been attending the school for about six years and it was always like uh, something, a funny question I had like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if um, I became the school nurse here and all our kids could go to the school because then we'd have the same schedule. I would have Sundays off because a lot of nursing jobs, you have to work the weekends and being a pastor's wife, that's really challenging. And it's hard for me to like pass off five kids to somebody else to watch um, on a Sunday. And so the Lord heard that semi prayer slash joke and he provided a job there. Um, they offered me the job. And um, so now every weekday when we have school, me and four of the kids will go school together and come home together so um, our youngest next year he just turned three in October so next year Lord willing all five of us all five of the kids will go to school with me and come back with me so that's kind of where we're at right now yeah as we kind of shift into thinking about the Chinese Heritage Church obviously we grew up at the same church all three of us actually grew up at the same church what for you shaped your idea and your concept of a pastor's wife as you were growing up, you know, at the church that we grew up at, how did you look at and understand what it meant to be a pastor's wife as you kind of observed the, the pastor's wives that were at our church? So there was only one pastor's wife um, at that time that really stood out to me or that I had interacted with. And she was kind of like a Renaissance woman. Um, I knew what I knew of her was that she coordinated these huge events like churchwide and cooked for them too. And there are like tons of people, like for 300 people, she would cook dinner and then organize um, a lot of activities and stuff. So I was really intimidated by that because I didn't learn how to cook until after we got married. So at the time I was like, I, I could just make scrambled eggs. That's all I could do. So I don't know how I'm supposed to be qualified enough to cook dinner for 300 people. Um, so I was really intimidated by it and very um, feeling definitely not qualified. So, so Jalen and I dated in college and um, I had asked our high school counselor what it means to be a pastor's wife because we were getting more serious with it. I mean, we were always serious when we were dating, but I just was a little bit worried that somebody would be disappointed <laughs> once I became a pastor's wife. Um, but that conversation was so helpful to me because he knew, um, he told me he knew pastors wives that were doctors and they couldn't go to church every Sunday and they didn't do any ministry at church. Like they weren't involved at all. And that was shocking to me because that was so different than what I had experienced with other past that other pastor's wife. Um, but he basically said, there's more to being a pastor's wife than what this other pastor's wife was doing. So um, that really opened up my eyes and broadened my horizons to 
um, what exactly that means. Um, and pretty much um, he said that the main role of the pastor's wife is to support her husband and all everything else is um, what God wants her to do. That's really good and sound wisdom from that um, youth counselor that that you spoke with. So I'm glad that that they were able to uh, help you walk through that, you know, that season and, and figuring things out. Um, like you said, I have definitely enjoyed the hospitality of your home uh, very much over the years, something for sure that I miss uh, a ton about Chicago. Um, but, you know, I wanted to ask because I know that oftentimes uh, for pastors and, and for their wives in, in ministry, um, churches can have a lot of expectations on on uh, these individuals and, and those expectations can be on your family it can be on you uh, personally um, and some of those expectations are good and, and they're okay and, and then others can be very unhealthy uh, or problematic and so i was wondering if you could just share a little bit um, of what some of those expectations you've experienced or have maybe heard of yeah i think some of the healthy ones is what um our, my high school counselor had shared with me that pastor's wives, their main um, ministry is to support their husbands and to use the gifts God has given them to serve. Um, of course, that varies with each person, but that also reflects the beauty of God's creativity and who he's made us to be. Um, so I think that's a very healthy expectation. And I think also just expecting um, pastor's wives and families to be human. And, you know, we're not perfect. We're not um, put together, um, there are flaws, there are shortcomings, and, and that's the reality of every person. So not putting them on a pedestal, um, thinking that they have to be perfect, um, or they are perfect, but um, just having um, a, a more accurate view of them as humans and a gracious view. Um, an unhealthy expectation, I think um, this is something I put on myself because of my experience um, with our pastor's wife is that, you know, it's, there's a cookie cutter um, pastor's wife. And I think that's very unhealthy. Like they either have to serve in children's ministry or lead ladies ministry, um, or they might need to lead the choir. I think there are many pastor's wives that do those things and are great at doing those things. Um, but not all pastor's wives should, um, or have to based on how the Lord leads and gifts them. You know, I would say, I would add to sort of this unhealthy expectation. And I think it's true for a lot of churches, not just Chinese heritage churches, but especially in Chinese heritage churches. Unfortunately, what I think we find often is that when a church calls or makes an offer to a pastor, their, their expectation is that the wife will be like a pastorette, right? That, they're, that the, the wife is, it's like a two for one deal right? You're, you're getting, you're getting uh, a second sort of minister or somebody who's going to be serving in, for example, like children's ministry or women's ministry or playing the piano, right? Those are kind of the three major or main things that a pastor's wife is expected to do in some of these churches. And, you know, that's not necessarily what God has called every pastor's wife to do, right? I would say probably most pastor's wives are not called to do that. You know, unfortunately, I've seen in churches where the pastor and his wife will go to the office every day and the pastor's wife is actually doing like administrative work and she's not being paid for it, but it's just sort of that's the expectation or that's sort of the, the standard for a, a pastor's wife um, at this church. And 
for me, that was a little bit shocking. It was disappointing. But I think, you know, for us as, as Chinese heritage churches, we have to maybe maybe some churches need to re-examine the way that they look at the pastor's family and um, their expectations for a pastor's wife. And so I do think it's important um, to do that for, for Chinese heritage churches. Yeah, you know, when you were saying that earlier about how sometimes like you've seen um, maybe a, a pastor's wife come into the office and be the admin or, um, you know, do some of the yeah, organizational work uh, for her for her husband. Um, I, I'm just curious, like, from what you've seen, do you think some of that is an expectation of the church? Or is that unique to like, a, a specific couple or maybe an expectation of the pastor themselves? Um, because, you know, I, I've actually, I feel like I've experienced something similar, um, where I've observed, uh, pastors that I've worked with where their spouse, you know, comes in, but then at the same church, um, have the opposite, you know, like the ha opposite thing happen where their spouse didn't have any, um, informal role in, in the ministry. And they just, they were part of the church, but they didn't, they didn't come into the office. You know, they, they had a, a separate job somewhere else or. Um, you know, and, and so I just, I guess I'm curious, like, do you think that more often comes from the church or more, or, uh, is more of a like first generation, um, Chinese cultural thing that we're bringing to the table? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're hitting on that idea that that's, that, that might be more attached to the, the first gen sort of mindset, uh, which, which kind of, you know, that that might be more pervasive in the, the immigrant sort of congregation or the first generation church. But yeah, I mean, you know, of course there are, there are going to be pastors, wives who are called to doing those sorts of ministries, right? They are called to the women's ministry. They are called to the children's ministry. They are called to playing the piano. They are called to doing administrative work. Uh, I think it is, you know, even as you know, what Jenny was saying earlier, it is understanding the call that God has given to you know, the pastor's family, but also individually for the pastor's wife. What is the call that God has placed on you, on your life? And to be faithful with that, right? And so I, I just do think that there, it, it is important for us to maybe examine sort of the, the, the culture of the church, um, particularly in the Chinese heritage church. Uh, are, are all the things that we're doing healthy, particularly the way that we look at the role of the pastor's wife, right? Yeah, and that that's very true. Because now, now that I even think about it, um, just thinking about my own parents, you know, my dad was uh, an English pastor um, or a pastor here in in um, in the U.S., but also pastored in Hong Kong. And my mom served faithfully um, next to him, you know, and in in many of the same ministries. They did ministry together for years. But I mean, at this point, um, be, you know, because of my family story, you know. Uh, and my dad passed away when I was a kid. At this point, my mom has served in way more ministry, has way more experience than my dad, you know, had um, in his own ministry career. And and definitely, God has given her a specific calling, um, and and that's something that's that's valuable to the kingdom and something that should be celebrated. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, I think that question just like, again, we go back to this idea of like. Um, what are our own expectations or a, a church's expectation? And, and we need to make sure that that is in line with what the Lord wants um, rather than what we think is, is best or uh, most logical. Um, because 
yeah, God is going to get what he wants. And we want to be, uh, we want to align ourselves with that. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I kind of, as we move along here, one of the questions I want to press into is kind of thinking more along the lines of how this relationship between the church and the pastor or the pastor's wife is taking form, is taking shape. You know, I think often in any church, really, it's difficult for the pastor's wife to develop deep and meaningful friendships. You know, I think as you talk to pastor's family, that that's something that happens often. Um, it's just the lack of real friendships. Uh, Jenny, for you, have you sought to build just real friendships in the Chinese Heritage Church? Well, my um, perspective on relationships with other sisters in the church is just that, like sisterhood. I see them as my sisters and my family. So um, that view of relationship, um, it helps me. I don't know. Like, I do want to get to know them better. And I do want to um, check up on them and um, see what's going on in their lives and see how I could support them, too. And I, at least in the relationships that I've had, there's a mutual um, edifying and there's, it's a give and take kind of thing. I know for some, um, of my pastor's wife friends, it's, it's, it's hard because, um, it's hard to have that vulnerability and authenticity and transparency. And of course you need to walk with wisdom in any relationship or friendship. Um, but for some, um, that's a little bit harder to, um, to go by. And like, I don't see, our relationship with the church as a job, like I don't see it as a job or like an obligation. And it's not just business to me. Some for some pastors wives, like in my experience, they've only talked to me because they had to, and they had to check that box. Like, oh, I checked on Jenny this week. Okay. I can check her off my list. And um, it's just business pretty much. If we didn't go to church together, there wouldn't be that relationship. But I feel like um, with the ladies in my congregation, in our congregation, like I, I, do hope that we would be friends, even if, if God calls us to a different church, um, which thankfully he isn't right now. And like, I feel like these friendships will last further than whether or not we are both attending the church. Um, I think also some congregations, like we said earlier, expect perfection from the pastor's family. And that's also unrealistic. So um, our, our congregation is very gracious. I mean, by the time they've seen our second kid, they knew we're not perfect. So, um, and then the third, fourth, like going down the line, it's just, you know, they all know it's like downhill from there. And I think they're really gracious about that. Even juggling five kids, like they understand that it's, there are challenges that come with that too. So I'm I'm very grateful that they have um, a gracious view about that. They don't expect us to be perfect all the time. Um, I am cautious though about what I share and how I share um, issues regarding Jalen um, because I don't want to give them a tainted view of him as their pastor, but I don't want to give them an unrealistic view. Like he is not perfect. And, you know, we do have issues um, that we work through, but I also don't want them to, I don't want to mar his uh, reputation towards them. Um, but I do have very close friends outside of the church that I can be very candid with and share more sensitive issues and prayer requests with them too. So I feel like the Lord has really given me support inside our church with friendships and then outside of our church also. And I feel like that, that combination um, is really necessary for pastor's wives to have. I wanted to just maybe linger here on, on this, something you just said, uh, where 
that there is sometimes a slight difference uh, between your friendships in the church and friendships outside. And, and that's not a, a value difference, I don't think, but I think just the reality of, of what we do, um, I think not just for pastors wise, but for pastors themselves also, like you said, we have to have wisdom in, in our relationships and in, in what we say. And, and um, you know, there are places where it's appropriate to, to just lay everything on the table and then other places where we, we just want to be careful or um, be, be wise about that. Um, and, and it's not a, a deception, deceptive thing, but I think it's just what healthy relationship looks like for, for shepherds. I know for myself, um, you know, I think about my deepest relationships, deepest friendships, um, you know, the vast majority of them are, uh, you know, outside of my ministry context and um, especially coming into a new ministry context, for sure, it's going to be outside of that context. But it, not not just outside of ministry context, but oftentimes I feel like my my closest friendships are are other pastors um, because they really they get me um, and they I don't feel like I have to to explain like how I got to a certain situation or why I'm experiencing a certain emotion, um, but I'm able to just you know um, to to share that with them and there's kind of like a kindred spirit in that. And, and so I'm really thankful for that. And I, I think maybe, and Jalen, definitely want you to speak to this. Um, but I know that I've, I've had friends in ministry who have, they kind of, they've struggled to build meaningful relationship outside of their ministry and, and with other pastors because they're so busy. They're so, um, there's so much going on. They're so devoted to, to serving. And, and I can say, you know, for myself, like God has been good and gracious and surrounded me with people that that I can do life with. And that has been so life-giving for me in ministry. Um, but, you know, that that's not always the easiest thing to cultivate. And so Jalen, maybe just a, a quick question for you is like, how have you cultivated some of these friendships uh, over the years? Yeah, you know, I think you're right. What, what you said earlier about making sure that you are not being overwhelmed or drowning yourself in the ministry work so much so that you don't have space for other relationships, right? And I think for a lot of us who are, you know, Chinese American, or we have this sort of high value on work ethic, that it's easy to make ministry our whole lives, right? And, and we, of course, have seen pastors who burn out from that. We've seen pastors who wreck their family lives because of that. And, and so obviously, there's a warning there. But in order to make space and to have room for meaningful friendships, you can't just, you know, uh, make your calendar and make your schedule all about your ministry, right? Certainly, we want to be faithful. Certainly, we want to work hard at the things that God has called us to as it, as it relates to our, our church ministry. But he also calls us to take a Sabbath. And I think building that idea of cultivating healthy relationships and friendships is a way of protecting and guarding your Sabbath time. That is a way of, of observing the Sabbath, right? Is having those healthy relationships that are probably outside a lot of times outside of your church ministry. And so I think that's something that, that you know, we, we talk about Sabbath and taking a Sabbath as a discipline. Cultivating meaningful relationships for pastors, I think, is a discipline, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's easy, I think, for a lot of us who are pastors to just make our ministry and make our work everything that we do. And that takes up all of our time, but it is a discipline to, to have these relationships and, and to cultivate those. So I think that's, you know, that's part of it is just making it a discipline. 
I think also to add to that with um, a friendship, um, it's, it's a give and take. It's a mutual building up. Um, whereas I feel like a lot of pastors, just the nature of their jobs is to just give a lot and to, um, to disciple, to lead, to guide. So it, it is kind of um, uneven in that sense where one person is giving more toward the other to help them. Um, but with a true friendship, it's mutual benefiting so that it's not just a one-way street. Um, and I do feel like everybody needs to have like a true friend and someone to depend on. Yeah, absolutely. That's so wise. And I am just so thankful for the years of, like you said, Jalen and, and, and Jenny, both of you, uh, of cultivating these mutual uh, two-way relationships that we've, we've done. Um, you know, I guess most of our listeners don't know, but a huge part of our friendship has uh, come, has been forged around these like regular dinners we were having on Monday nights for years. And um, I think those are fewer and far between nowadays as we've gotten older, um, but kind of in our young adulthood, those were so formative for me. And, and I think not just for us, but for the friends that we gathered at that table, I'm very, very thankful for it. You know, Jenny, earlier you said something about how your, your church has been very gracious to you. And I know just from doing this podcast that I have heard from Jalen multiple times about food drop-offs and things that the ways that the church has shown you appreciation. And so I already know that your church loves you. They appreciate you. They have really cared well for you. But what, what are some ways that uh, you've seen your own church or ways that Chinese churches in general can can provide support and encouragement for specifically for pastors wives and maybe for a pastor's family. Um, that's beyond just, you know, uh, uh, as much as we love it, uh, maybe dropping off food, but what are some other tangible ways that, that um, they can really love and support you? Um, well, one of the biggest ways throughout the year that they support us is through prayer. Um, we have a prayer meeting every Wednesday when we're prayed over everybody. It's, it's also a mutual benefiting too, because everybody prays for each other. It's not just like, you know, the pastor just prays for everybody or, you know, you just pray for, or they just pray for the pastor. Um, so I feel like we're able to like share our hearts there and, and feel really supported in prayer. Um, my small group ladies also, we have a text group where we send each other prayer requests throughout the week. And then, um, the previous small group I was in, um, we still have like our old, uh, text thread too. So, um, we still respond to each other and ask for prayer there. So I feel like, um, we're really supported in prayer, um, and people are quick to pray for us. And, and I feel like it's vice versa. If, if something comes up and, you know, we just text each other, um, we know that that's being prayed over. Um, and like we said earlier, like every October, our church is so gracious. They spoil us every October and, um, food is like our primary love language, I would say, and they really love us a lot. So, um, we're very thankful for that, but I feel like, um, I mean, every family is different. So if, although I would bet that a lot of Chinese heritage pastors would enjoy the food too, um, each family feels love in a certain way, whether it's in notes of encouragement or, you know, service, maybe, um, one time our, our church family, they provided babysitters and then they sent us to a restaurant and they paid for the bill, which was like, so amazing. And that was like, they, that meant a lot to us um, that they would come and watch our kids and, and let us go out to eat and pay for it. It, it just really spoke um, so much love to us. So I think um, knowing your pastor and their family and knowing what 
um, would build them up. And, and if you don't know, like even asking, you know, it's, you know, um, wanting to bless um, the family is, is really encouraging too. So we feel very blessed by our congregation. I, um, I wish every congregation was that good to their pastors. I feel like they treat us so well and, and we're so thankful for them. Yeah. And I would add that, you know, like you said, I think it's important for the, the congregation to be asking and not just assuming like, here's what's going to be helpful for you. So why don't you do this? You know, but asking like, what, what would be helpful for you? What would be restful for you? What would be encouraging to you? Uh, I think that's, that's what really cultivates that idea of, we want to support you. We want to encourage you. It's not just, we're going to give you a, a token gift, or we're just going to give you something that you might not even really appreciate. And so uh, that's something that I think would be, would go a long way. So if there are, you know, people who are listening, who are not pastors, um, and you're, you're part of the church and you're looking for a way to support your, your pastor, uh, just simply ask them and, and ask what, what they can do to serve and support uh, them as a pastor. Well, as we close, one of the things that uh, we always ask our guests is what is one piece of advice or encouragement you would give to somebody currently serving in the Chinese Heritage Church? And maybe if you want to add to this what is one piece of advice or encouragement you would give to a pastor's wife? Um, so that I'm not sure how many pastor's wives, wives listen, but you know, for our listeners, if you want to pass this along to your wife, this might be helpful. So what's something that you would say to them, Jenny? Um, I think for the pastor's wives, I would say to them um, to really examine what the Lord wants you to do. I think when I first became a pastor's wife, I think a lot of people had ideas for me about, you know, what, I should be doing or what I could be doing. Um, and I think for me too, like based on what I've seen in the past, I always thought, well, maybe this is what a good pastor's wife is supposed to do. Or maybe, you know, maybe I should do that because it sounds like a good pastor's wife thing to do, but really spending time with the Lord and asking for discernment about, um, who he's made you to be. And if he wants you to do X, Y, Z. So, um, I think that's, I would, that's probably the biggest piece of advice. Um, it's hard to um, kind of shut out all those voices, but really spending time with the Lord. And um, I think that's been helpful too for Jalen. He's never like pressured me to do anything that was um, something that God didn't want to do. I never felt like I had to do something um, because I was a pastor's wife. He never made me feel that way. And I felt really supported in that sense. Um, one piece of encouragement I want to give um, to the pastors or anybody listening to this podcast or for people, I guess, in general serving at a Chinese heritage church, it's from first Corinthians 15, 58 it says, therefore, my beloved brothers be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. And I feel like that is something, um, that should be remembered as, you know, when times get tough or, Things are not as easy when um, work piles up. Um, everything that's done for the Lord is not made. Man, that's a that's a great encouragement, Jenny. Thank you for sharing that with us and for coming on the podcast. Uh, I was just thinking as we were hanging out tonight, doing this, um, how much how how interesting it would be uh, someday to also have um, an episode where we where we interview some pastors' children, and so maybe we get your five on the podcast at some point. That might be chaos. Um, but if, if not that, we can do uh, our first um, spinoff podcast and we'll do a, a Bamboo Pastors Wives podcast someday down the road. 
but thank you for coming on with us. Uh, it's been yeah, just a great time hearing your story and uh, just hearing the wisdom that you have, um, that you've gleaned over the years of uh, ministry alongside Jalen. Thanks. That's the end of our episode. Thanks for joining us today on the Bamboo Pastors podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the pod on whatever platform you listen to us on. Rate and review us and check in every week as we explore the joys and challenges of ministry in the Chinese church. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bamboo Pastors. See you next time.